Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Welcome into this Friday edition of Attacking Third. We're going to get you up to date on the latest news in women's soccer around the world. And we're going to talk about this Sunday's NWSL Decision Day where everything is on the line. We also have a very special interview to share with you from the world of women's soccer. But first of all, it's Friday, which means Footy Kit Friday. Uh, Darian Jenkins, Jordan Angeli, Kalia Watt, Jenny Chu here with you. Darian, take us through your kit first, please. I got this great kit from Columbus Crew. I rocked it a couple months ago, their OG one. I got the away kit. Yeah, you know give me the little zoom in. Yeah, do you know what the pattern on there is? No, is, tell me. Yeah, it, it, it is um, reflective of what the stadium looks like. So they launched that kit right after they built their new stadium. And it's a little ode to this new era of Columbus Crew. Wow, Jordan, I love it. It's like I worked there for a it, while. It is yeah, like yeah. you really know your stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jordan. Yeah, you're looking good in that crew thank kit. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, the best Who I've ever seen Who in the world there. was ever number 10 for Argentina, Jordan? I don't know. I, I am wearing, you know, the, the champion of the world, uh, Leo Messi's kit here. I, I got to thank World Soccer Shop for giving me a few kits because you got to look good mm -hmm. on Footy Kit Friday. And they hooked me up with this one. Um, I wanted the black and pink Miami one Ooh, because I like tough. that one the best. Um, but I, I have to say, this is probably better than that one. It's, Very it's a classic. Cool. So, it is. Yeah. It's Hopefully I have a good, like, a, a number 10 performance today on Attacking Third. <laughs> So I forgot my kit this morning, and Kate Abdo so honest. actually <laughs> wore this on Morning Footy, so I am now wearing it after her. Yeah. I feel her. like you should have lied. I know, I had to be I'm honest. I'm a huge I had to be Croatia honest. fan, you know, love Modric so much. You could have you gone no, with it, Kate. Well, that's honest. true. She does. Yeah. You love Modric. Yes, I do. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. Okay, so this is a Inter Milan kit. You might have seen it on my reels on Instagram because I think it's the coolest, like, cutest, trendy vintage kit ever. Um, and it's also signed by Ronaldo. And everyone's really upset that I'm wearing what? it that when it's signed up. by Ronaldo. Um, You're wearing that Wait, here? Let's see the signature. What? Where is it's it? in the back. You don't want me to. That's going to be a lot of. Okay. All right. A lot of. <laughs> go look at the reel, you know, because I definitely put it on there. Um, but yeah, I think it should be hung after I wear it this time. I'm Last very appearance. Cool. Also, Vintage. props the gold and the gold. Looking yes. good, Jenny. Thank too. you. We're trying to match. Thanks for seeing that. <laughs> um, okay, let's go ahead and start with some news where there's some hiring news from Morocco. Jorge Villa has been appointed as the new manager of Morocco's women's national team, the former Spain women's national team um, coach. In this past August, Villa was fired by Spain last month as part of the fallout from ousted Spanish Football Federation President Luis Rubiales' unsolicited kiss on forward Jenny Hermoso 
after the World Cup final. Vilda's first games in charge will be later in October when the Atlas Lionesses face Namibia over two legs in the second round of African Olympic qualifiers. The announcement of Vilda's hiring comes alongside news that Reynald Pedros was removed from the position. The Frenchman led the Atlas Lionesses to the knockout round of the World Cup after they won their first match ever in the tournament. They were also the runners-up in the 2022 African Cup of Nations. Morocco played two friendlies in September after the World Cup against Zambia, and they lost both of those matches. Uh, how are we feeling about this news that Jorge Vilda has been hired by Morocco, who obviously showed plenty of growth in this World Cup? Yeah, I. we all know how we all feel about this. We've beat it to death at this point on the show. I'm really disappointed. I wouldn't think he would be hired in women's football again, football in general, um, while this investigation is still going on. And for Reynald Pedros to not have his contract renewed after he's led this Moroccan side to the most successful World Cup, the most successful couple of years that they've ever had, is really concerning. And it's even more concerning hearing now that we're learning more and more about what Vilda was doing with the Spanish national team and how he was treating players and how he was running the organization. And those players have a lot of visibility. They have a lot more reach than this Moroccan national team does. So I'm, I'm concerned for the players, for the growth of the Moroccan women's national team and the generations that are following the full team. I'm, I'm very concerned. I, I can't wrap my mind around it. I can't either. Can I just say one thing that I'm curious about is because we know that this system was corrupt, right? And it sounds like it was a top-down, this-is-how-you-do-things type of system. I don't know everything that Jorge Vilda did. We don't. None of us do, right? But I wonder how much was because of the things that he was being told, you do not have your job if you do not do X, Y, and Z. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know right. those no, it's things. A good point. It's a good so point. I just am looking at the other side of the coin. Like, he won the World Cup. I can understand from your resume why a team would want you. But also, we don't know if he was in, like instigating those things or if he felt like, man, my job is on the line. If I do not do those thing, these things, I will. I, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to give yeah. a different side of Right, the, we don't know. The, the, what Jordan's getting at is that we don't know necessarily yeah. whether that was Jorge Villa or not. But those complaints that did come in, you know, had both of them involved. We're not necessarily yes. sure how much was it directly Jorge Villa or not. I think the biggest thing is what you point out, Darian. For Morocco to have grown so much, to be runners-up in the African Cup of Nations, to have made it to the group stage, or through the group stage in the World Cup, I feel like that's growth, and you should continue that that progression that you're yeah, making. Yeah, why, why backstep? It's not a sidestep. Why are you backstepping? And my opinion, anyone that was associated with the administration with the Spanish women's football team should be gone. You should not work in football ever again. You should not be working around women, around people that are vulnerable. You should have, you should have no power at all. You yes. should be completely gone. So for him to be in this position is wild to me. Yes, I agree. Even if he wasn't yeah. the, the full problem, it was his job to step up and stop it. And yeah, he was still in power. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. That's a great point. I think we're all um, at some point culpable if we don't try to stop a certain system. Um, well, we're going to move on to some retirement news where Chicago Red Stars forward Shayna Matthews has just announced her plans to retire after their final match of the season against O.L. Reign on Sunday. The Red Stars will celebrate her career accomplishments after the match. Matthews also played for the Jamaican national team in their 2019 and their 2023 Women's World Cup campaigns. Kelia, I know that you played with Matthews with the Red Stars, and as she retires, what do you want people to know about her as a player? She is such an exciting player to watch. She has so much energy. She gets on the field. She was a great sub for the Red Stars this year. I don't think they utilized her as much as they could have. But the coolest thing to me about Shayna Matthews, she has three kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She has come back from having three kids. I have one kid, and I don't understand <laughs> how she did that. And that is so impressive to me. And to come back from having three kids and continuing to play. Yeah, and she's not with her family right now. They they decided as a family, and she spoke about this, how they're all staying back, and I believe they live in Tennessee, and she is in Chicago pursuing this last, really what was a last push at a World Cup, which kudos to her. What an unbelievable yeah. ability to not only be so good before children, but then to have three children and still make a World Cup roster and still play professionally and to sacrifice, to show that sacrifice um, is worth it and to be that role model for a kid. So 
Go on, Shayna Matthews. What yeah. a career. Yeah. Yeah. She should be proud of herself. Mm -hmm. We love for her to be celebrated in this last match and, and all of her accomplishments. But, but Darian, obviously, notable matches in NWSL this weekend. As we talk about, we're heading into the decision day on Sunday where all the matches are going to be on at once. I mean, it's going to be absolute insanity. But you Do we like the drama day, match? guys? Oh. I just said drama day. Do you like drama I like day? Drama day. Okay. Okay. Jenny's like no. <laughs> I still like Jenny hates for it. the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> this is a look at the match days, but I know Darian, you wanted to talk about Gotham against Kansas City Current. Of course, my baddies. I have to against. I played for KC, so against some some squads I'm familiar with. Yeah, Kansas City or Kansas City coming off of a huge win, six three. All six goals were scored by different people. This team is coming full force with their attack with really good chemistry against a Gotham defense who has shown some of their holes in the back line the last couple of games with being able to score on transition and not being able to put away chances that they're yeah. having repeatedly over and over again. Yes. And I've been kind of making jokes the last couple of weeks, like they're working on finishing these last two weeks. and. It's gonna happen this Sunday, I swear. It's gonna happen, but okay. I think my money's going on Gotham. I do think that they'll pull it out. Kansas City's already out. They have nothing to lose, but I think Gotham has so much riding on this that they're really gonna show up, put some goals away. Don't not let Kansas City get in the attack. Yeah. Shut down Dabinia and Lola Bonta. Everything comes through them. So I and think that's how Gotham will win. And they need that because I, I was looking over some of the numbers, and, and this Gotham team is not good at scoring goals. They're the second lowest in scoring goals in yes. the whole entire league. They are the worst when it comes to their expected goals to their actual goals. Yeah. They have missed out on almost nine goals that they should be scoring. Yeah. Nine goals. They haven't scored in their last two games. It's an interesting place Gotham is in, and we'll see if they can put it all together here in this last game. I, th I think they do well with the pressure. Yeah. I think, okay. yeah, Gotham's got a lot on the line. Kansas City is nothing other than it's the last game of the season. Let's show out. I think Gotham yeah. will pull through. And they're celebrating Allie Krieger, yeah. which is such a big moment for mm -hmm. her and for them. And I think that Allie, the coolest thing for me to look at the stats this year she is dominating. I saw this stat where she, the average player in the NWSL, the average defender, gets dribbled past about 30% of the time. Mm -hmm. Allie Krieger gets dribbled past 4% of the time. Ooh, she's first yeah. in the league. That's and a great snap. Yeah. It's her last year, and I think you kind of forget to, she's retiring, you want to celebrate her, but I also am like, you are dominating, yeah. and, and I love to see that for her. Yeah. Legend. Not only is she dominating, I mean, we saw that Gotham video where they're, they're presenting, you know, how much she means to the team and the character that she is alongside that, so obviously her teammates want to go out for her. But Jordan, Angel City against Portland is one to watch, absolutely. Guys, it's the shield. It's an actual playoff <laughs> spot. I, it's in Angel City, which I love because BMO Field is going to be packed to the brim. Angel City fans are going to be loud because they just witnessed what was probably the most important match Angel City has had yet where they came back in Houston to win so this team is riding high and they needed that little bit of an up boost after losing their first game in 12 to Portland earlier that week so Angel City's feeling good but this Portland squad they narrowly missed out on the, the shield last year they do not want to do that two years in a row and they are on the cusp of that they have to go to LA to play this game I, this, there's just so much to play for in this one. Angel City wants their first ever playoff spot. If they get three points, they get it. Portland wants the shield. They yep. want three points there. And how cool to be in L.A. Yeah. One of the best places to play in this league, if not the best, in front of all those fans. What a cool moment. That's what everyone plays for. That's yeah. what these players want. Are you want. guys kind of jealous you're not in this decision day? Because there's every single game has something on the line. As a player, I'm like... Ooh, I want to be in these games. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, these are the moments you play yes, for. It is. It, the league has grown so much, and to see it so competitive now, because it, it wasn't always like this. Yeah. There were mm -hmm. there were years where you had your best teams and your worst teams, and you knew from halfway through the season who was making it. Yeah. So it has grown so much, and and I am jealous. I wish I, I was playing on Sunday. <laughs> Sign us up, coach. All right, Kaylee. As you wish you were playing, Orlando against Houston, a team that you also represented. Yeah, this is an interesting matchup. They both 
have to win if they want hopes for making the playoffs. And I think that Orlando, obviously, they struggled early in the season. We talked about Wednesday. Houston has struggled um, offensively, and they have such a great attack. So it's, it's a very interesting game. For me, the star on the dash has been Jane Campbell. I know you guys have talked about it a lot. She leads the league in 86 saves. That's number one in the entire league. I think without Jane, we're not talking about the Houston dash potentially making the playoffs. So this game has so many ballers. We have Marta, we have Messiah Bright, Nichelle Prince, Sanchez. It's going to be a really fun game, and I'm hoping to see a lot of goals. Yeah. We, we saw, I think last week, we were talking about how Houston had the best defense. Mm -hmm. That's Jane yeah. Campbell. It's a huge part of that, and the worst offense um, in, in terms of goals scored and, mm -hmm. and conceded. Um, so that's going to be a very interesting one. A lot on the line for all of these teams. Uh, San Diego Wave against Racing Louisville. So I was incredibly interested to see this. San Diego has never beat Louisville. So in the three wow. times they've played, they have two draws and, and one loss. So Louisville, though, has been uh, unable to win their away matches. They've only won one of their last nine away matches. And obviously Louisville is going away to San Diego. So kind of like both things are, are not working for those teams there. But in this season, that first match where San Diego did not beat Louisville, where they drew nil-nil, Alex Morgan didn't play in that match. If that's any difference to anybody. You know, that's just one of the players that yeah. we see up there. She didn't play. And, and it's a very different uh, San Diego team. They have Kira Caruso, who's been starting at the nine. Morgan yeah. is now as a winger. So that that's interesting. But um, what I like about racing, yes, they're not very good at away from home, but they just probably had the best comeback we've ever seen in NWSL history, scoring three unanswered goal to, uh, goals against Orlando. Mm -hmm. They are riding high, feeling like they are unstoppable right now. Yeah. Katlana and Wang Shuang, I, I love this matchup yeah. in, the, in, the, in the front. Louisville, for me, I think, were you on my side as well? No, you were Orlando. When we were trying to pick yeah, what? who was going to make it into the playoffs, it was between Orlando or no, Louisville. y'all were Orlando. I was Louisville. <laughs> I was so low. <laughs> All right. I was like, Russia um, Jenny and I were on the same <laughs> Listen, that, that's up for the, for the playback. I don't know who was on what side, but I was going for Louisville if anyone asked. Never forget. Roll the tape back. When we come back, we're going to be joined by our very own Sandra Herrera to talk more NWSL to Decision Day drama, you're not going to want to miss it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast Welcome back to Attacking Third. We are now joined by CBS Sports reporter, our very own Sandra Herrera, to give us a deep dive on all the chaos that is coming on this NWSL Decision Day because eight teams are still fighting for the final four playoff spots. Um, Sandra, you talk about these chaos matchups and everything that's going to go down in uh, this last match day. What does that mean? Tell, take me through what chaos matchups mean, and then we'll take you through the games. I feel like it's really appropriate that we're doing all this uh, decision day stuff on Friday the 13th. Like it just feels oh, right. <laughs> you know, we love, we love a thing. Again, we love a theme at A3, but uh, I'm with it. I think um, 
NWSL, there's there's no other league like it. And I think it comes down to this one very special day where everyone gets to kind of showcase a little bit of what they're about. You know, all of those club identities that we were talking about earlier on in the beginning of a season. And now here we are at the end. We really get to see who's made of what's what. Uh, it's wild to think about that there's eight teams in contention for four spots, like you mentioned. But I think when it comes to these six games that are all going to be kicking off one after the other, all at the same time, who's going to have the opportunity to maybe really, really cause some chaos? And I've got a few uh, games that I'm going to keep a closer eye on than some others. Sandra, this first game is going to be a wild one. Why is the Pride versus the Dash your fourth chaos matchup? I think when we're looking at this bubble of teams, you have a section of teams on this table that need a lot of help going into this final day. And I think when it comes to Orlando and Houston, yes, there's that concept of being in control of your own destiny. But there's a lot of these teams that are actually going to be rooting for the Chicago Red Stars as well. So while they want to go out there and get the three points to maybe help leapfrog them into that upper uh, half of the table, they still need some things around them to fall into place. But you can only control what's in front of you. And both of these teams are going head to head as two bubble teams that need to walk away with three points. A draw is not really going to help them. And I think in the history of these two teams going head to head in the past, they've always kind of left it all out on the pitch. So I'm looking forward to this one for sure. All right. I hear you there, Sandra. I hear you. But I'm going to go on your third matchup. These are probably the two teams that are complete opposites when you talk about identity. You have the Washington Spirit and North Carolina Courage. That in itself kind of creates a little bit of chaos. Yeah, for sure. It's it's wild to think about not only are there are certain spots on the playoff picture still up for grabs, but if you're not end out as number three or number four, you get to be the quarterfinal host. Right. So it's wild to imagine you've got the spirit on one hand, they can maybe walk away as hosts of a quarterfinal and the courage as well. A team that we've heard a lot about through Shawnee has saying they're just kind of operating as they wanted to, taking one game at a time. Maybe they're a little bit ahead of their own sort of retooling and rebuilding schedule. But now here they are on decision day with an opportunity to hand a little bit of an upset, perhaps to uh, the, to the spirit. But then, you know, maybe making some history of their own, showing once again that they are ahead of, of schedule in their rebuild. Sandra, the next game, Louisville and San Diego, number nine and number two. San Diego, they don't have much to lose. They've already clinched. Louisville making a huge push. Why is this your chaos game? It's dangerous, right? That's been the recipe so far that we've noticed probably in these final four weeks of the season as the – you know, the table kind of really wasn't changing too much. We've seen one through six kind of stay within that upper half of the table in some capacity over the course of the regular season. But you've got two teams in very wildly different spots on the table. San Diego pushing for that NWSL seal. Louisville, one of those teams, again, on the outside, looking in on the playoff bubble where they need a lot of help in front of them. So yes, they got to go out there and put together a performance that will get them all three points. And we just watched them come out of this very, very wild and frantic game with this come from behind win where they kind of said, hey, we're still in this. Don't count us out yet. And that's a dangerous team, I think, when you're going up against uh, them. Even if you are San Diego playing for something like an NWSL, they already clinched a semifinal spot. Of course, they want to go out there and compete for that shield, but I don't think it's going to be easy going up against a team that's going to be clawing and scratching and fighting their way to try to get through the playoffs. Sandra, you're talking about San Diego Wave being a team that is fighting for that shield. Another team fighting for that shield are the Portland Thorns. They're playing against Angel City. Why is this your most chaotic matchup? Kind of similar to, to San Diego and Louisville. There's, states, uh, there's real high stakes on both sides of the ball here. Angel City have gone in an incredible second-half season run. You could tell that when this team goes out there on the pitch, they do not want this season to end. Maybe when the season is over, we'll have to talk about why not why that reset button wasn't hit maybe a little bit earlier in this season for this team because it almost sort of feels like, is this clock going to run out for this team? I hope not. They've been putting together a lot of really fun performances. This most recent one off of a huge... Houston, where they got uh, that game-winning goal in extra uh, stoppage time. So I think when you've got uh, two head coaches here, 
two interims uh, going head coach. Be one interim and one head coach, uh, Mike Norris, who was given uh, the full reins of the Thorns in the offseason, kind of have some things to prove, right, to their front office saying, hey, look, you gave us control of this team. Uh, we've put together these pretty incredible runs, and now we're going head-to-head. And similar again to San Diego and Louisville, you've got one team that's fighting for their playoff hopes, and you've got one team that's trying to win that NWSL shield. So I've got high stakes in this one for sure. There's high stakes everywhere, Sandra. This is the wildest oh, yeah. weekend. I And how lucky are we that all the games are at the same time? It's going to be incredible. I, I got to know, though, at the end of the, the year, so after 7 p.m. on Sunday, you've already cranked all the numbers. You've done all your research. Tell us your one through six. Who, who's making it? What's the order here? Oh, my goodness. My one through six. You asked me this right when I closed out my doc. I think I had <laughs> San Diego going as the Shield winners. I believe I had Portland uh, second. I think with my chaotic matchups with Spirit and Courage, I think that's going to dictate some things for uh-huh. third and fourth. So I do have Orlando squeaking into the playoffs, Woo! I believe. And I think I even have the rain getting bumped. So mm. stay tuned. Interesting. Huh. I'm feeling you on a lot of those things. I think Angel City and Orlando both make it. And Anything Sandra, can happen. It's, it's Sandra, if you had to pick, I know it's hard now, who's winning the whole thing? Ooh, yes, Kaylea. Oh, who's winning the championship? Yes. Oh, boy. Look, Sophia Smith is already a dangerous, dangerous woman. And to think about that she might have a different role for this Portland Thorn team uh, going through the postseason, coming back from an MCL sprain, I think that's a different type of an X factor for this Thorns team. I think they were always the team to beat going into 2023, and they're still the team to beat to close it out. I see that, Sandra. You know how I feel about the Portland Thorns. Well, thank you so much for all of that, and we're going to see how that one through six comes about come Monday when we're back on Attacking Third, and we're going to talk to you about that. Uh, But stay tuned for a special interview with U.S. Women's National Team veteran and two-time World Cup champion Allie Krieger, who is set to play her final NWSL regular season match this Sunday as well. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Jordan Angeli and Claudia Pagon spoke with two-time World Cup winner Allie Krieger yesterday on the cusp of her retirement. Here's a clip. To talk about the upcoming match, we have Allie Krieger joining us today. Thank you for joining us, Allie. (laughs) Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Of course. So Gotham currently sit fourth um, with a big match against Casey Current, which Jordan is going to be calling that game. will be on the call. (laughs) I mean, how's the club feeling right now? How's the feeling around the team as you guys look ahead to this game? We're actually so excited because, you know, we knew it would come down to the very end and, uh, you know, the points were going to be so uh, tight and we are, you know, so ready for this game. Uh, we obviously want to win. Yes, it's my final, uh, you know, club game, but it's it's hopefully not going to be my final game uh, wearing the Gotham jersey. So we have motivation to want to win just like everyone else. But I think we have, you know, uh, you know, we're fortunate to play at home and this is going to help us. We're going to have a great environment. You know, the, the fans and supporters are going to be behind us. And I know that everyone's going to show up and show out. And I can't be more proud of the group because we have such an incredible group of players, but also human beings who 
have worked tremendously hard this entire season to just want to win. And I think that has been our mentality and we are all bought into the principles and uh, the task that, you know, needs to be done. So I think we're in a really healthy, positive place and we are ready for the challenge. Allie, some people might not know Gotham was dead last in NWSL last year. A complete. Oh, I think people knew. I think people knew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So the people who were in the know knew. But this has been a transformation within the club. Credit needs to go to L. Averbush West, bringing in Juan Carlos Amaros. How have those two been able to bring this different uh, mentality? You said principles. What has been the, the main change within the group that has been led by those two people in particular? Yeah, it's been incredible to see the leadership and the um, setup of, you know, how he's applying his specific principles into the team. And we've only, you know, changed a few different players and we filled a few different holes, but the way that he has organized us in the sense that, um, you know, we are probably one of the best, uh, high pressing teams in the league. Um, the, you know, chances that we create are uh, tremendous. And he has just really instilled um, a type of mentality that is pretty incredible after being in last place last year and jumping up the table and being in the top six. He's so knowledgeable. Uh, he's also um, treats us like human beings. And so it's really enjoyable to show up to work every day to not only play for each other and play for yourself, but play for him and mm -hmm. play for our coaching staff and the technical staff. It's, it's really great to continue to learn, even at my age. Uh, I don't know everything, and it's nice to show up still and learn something new. Wow. And I think that is why people love to come to work, because they're always learning, uh, no matter what level you've played at. And he really gets the best out of each and every one of us, um, all, both on a human level and a player teammate level. Yeah. Wow, that, that's cool. The yeah, the, the team comes first, and I think yeah. we are all bought into that, and Wait. it's been really great. Yeah, I love that. And you could be learning down to your very last game, which is so important as a human. You want growth all the time. The, the thing that sticks out about this game in particular, you're playing Kansas City. They could be spoilers because they're one of the two teams that are out. It's an emotional game. We've already seen your teammates talk about you, particularly in some social media posts uh, leading mm -hmm. up to this last match. How... Do you manage the emotions of this game, but also what's at stake? And what's the talk around the locker room to be able to go into this game with the right mindset? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think there's mo there's not much motivation needed other than like if we're win if we win, we're in, right? And we all want to win the championship, so we want to get into the playoffs. And yeah, you never know um, how the opponent is going to show up. Obviously, that's you know the unpredictability of the league. Uh, any team can win on any given day, and so we are just really solely focused on us and how we are going to break them down and how we are going to show up and and just be motivated to want to do our best and and stick to our, our plan and, and principles that we will apply to hopefully to the game that we actually do every single day. And so we just need to execute and we need to be um, good in both final thirds. And uh, I think that we really have a great chance as long as we all show up and we continue doing what we've been doing this entire year. And if we can create chances, um, hopefully I will prevent uh, a lot of the opponent's chances in order for us to have more. And we just need to put the ball in the back of the net. And if we can do that, there's... Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt in my mind that we will win. Ali, you said you hope that this weekend isn't your last game in a Gotham jersey. So fingers crossed for that. But, you know, when you eventually do get to that point of retirement, I mean, you know the best, how special your own career has been. I'm really interested in knowing in how you hope to be remembered in, in your playing career and just who, who you've been as a person on and off the pitch. Yeah, thank you. I really want to be remember, remembered as a, a good person, a great teammate, and somebody who I uh, led by example. And I think I want to just leave the game better than where I found it. I want people to know how hard that I work to fight for, you know, better standards and um, better pay and equality and respect and and what the players actually deserve, so that the younger players don't have to work as hard. Um, you know, that's the whole purpose of you know the the older players 
you know, paving the, the path uh, and paving the way for these younger players to really get what they deserve. And, and they're going to do the same for then, you know, younger players uh, in, in the younger generations as they get older. So that's kind of what this job uh, entails. And you have to just take that on. So I think I wrote, tried to roll my sleeves up in that position to really lead by example, to really apply, you know, certain principles uh, specifically as what I value as an individual player and person. And, you know, people will never get forget how, how you make them feel, um, both fans, supporters, and then my teammates and, and coaches. And so I've tried over the years to just be myself and to, to really show respect and kindness um, because that's, you know, sometimes how you get the best out of people. Kriegs, we had the opportunity to be teammates. And uh, one of the things that impressed me the most about you it, during your long career, both internationally and club level, is your mentality. H how would you describe the mentality that you have had through your career to overcome so many different obstacles, but also um, see success that maybe you can, some of us can only dream of? Yeah, I think the mentality is is everything, right? You have to show up every day. And as you know, playing at this level is so difficult. And your mentality has to really um, be... Uh, you know, a fierce competitor, um, trying to make it very difficult for, you know, the coaches to ignore you in order to, to stay at this level. Cause I know sometimes think, Oh, it's easy to get here, but what's actually very difficult is staying at this level. And even at the national team level, as you know, as well, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's such a fight and such a battle to, to get a contract year after year. Um, and now obviously it's, it's, you know, a pay to play model and it's a little bit different, but you have to show up, you have to be your mm -hmm. best in order, to get into the squad in order to be noticed and in order to keep your spot. And so even, you know, me at this level, I have to make sure that I'm performing my best and really, um, you know, performing well in training in order to get into the, the squad on the weekend. And I still feel that there's still fire that's underneath of me because the players players are so good and so technical and and um, they're only getting better. And so you have to figure out a way how to stay. And um, that's been really difficult. So, yes, the, menta the mental piece, you know, obviously I'm in therapy, too, over the years, which has definitely played a great role in, you know, keeping my mentality in, in check, even more so off the field stuff that you you can then bring onto the field and, and have more of like a controlled chaos type of environment for yourself that, you know, in pressure situations, you're ready to to, you know, just uh, deal with it. And also you have to be willing to be uncomfortable because that's when you grow the most. And so you kind of just have to have that uh, uncomfortability uh, within this space because you know you're going to be, be better off from it. And that's really difficult to kind of take on. Yeah. So, yes, mental peace is probably the most difficult yeah. part of the game. But you just have to focus on you and your task at hand and how you can bring that individual piece in order to help the group be successful. Mm -hmm. Well, you crushed that. You've also crushed um, a lot of players trying to go against you as you defended them. There, there's moments in your career that are going to stick with you, right? Uh, if you have to pick a couple of key moments from your long career that are your most cherished what what makes you smile? What makes you think, wow, that really that really happened? I think obviously the penalty kick, and I'm sure everyone can assume that in 2011, where we we definitely shifted the uh, I guess the mentality of all of our fans and supporters in the U.S. on you know how to tune in to and support us uh, on the national team, and that kind of shifted the women's game in America. And I really felt that shift because that is also. So when, you know, social media came about and we all were all of a sudden were, you know, had thousands of followers and we were like, this is incredible. We can impact so many people, not just by our football, but also just by us being uh, ourselves and, and human beings. And so that was really a cool moment and year for us. Obviously, it was unfortunate we didn't win. But I think that is the moment where people started paying attention to us. And so then we carried that into 2015 and in 2019. And those two moments, um, you know, in, in my career were were monumental but what's most important is fighting for equal pay and that is something that I will be the most proud of uh, to be honest with fighting with you know my, my teammates and these badass women who we've been um, you know intertwined with over the years and, and, and just fighting for championships and this was a championship that we were fighting for off the field and winning that was pretty incredible because it, it helped women across all industries all over the world it wasn't just specifically in football and so that's something that I value and that uh, I will carry with me for the rest of my life and continue to fight for, because as you know, the work is never done. So we will go hand in hand in that. Um, and then 
uh, you know, the lifelong friendships that you make. Um, and I'm sure you can agree. There's moments where you just, you create these bonds that you can't really ever explain to anyone unless you go through it with each other and people don't understand unless they really have that experience. And so those lifelong friendships that I can carry on after football is done because it only, you know, it has a shelf life, but these lifelong friendships don't. And so that will carry on with me that I'm so grateful and lucky that I've built um, really healthy, positive relationships with these with these women um, that I'm, I can't wait to explore in the future at, at all the different phases and versions mm. of ourselves. Oh. Ali, you said the work yeah. isn't done. So looking past your playing career, moving into the next step of your career. I mean, do you have plans to stay in the game? Or are we going to see you standing here next to us anytime soon? What, what is it looking like for you in the next step of your career, of, of your well, professional yeah, if you, life? If you want me there, I will be there. <laughs> you know that. I will support you both um, in, ever, in any way that I can. Um, I think this is is wonderful, and I'm, I'm so excited um, for you both to, to, you know, be shedding a light on on what's important in women's football. So yeah, I'm I'm honored, and anytime you want me to come, I'd be glad. But yeah, I want to stay within the game because, just like you, um, it's really important that we continue to use our platform and and really put us on the map and continue to you know shed light on how great of uh, you know people and, and footballers that we are and the style that we play and the technical ability and all the things that is pretty incredible to really. Um, as long as you can see it, you can be it. And so the visibility is key. So I want to continue to stay in the game. I know uh, what is needed and I know that, you know, what uh, the demands and the standards should be. So I think that that's really beneficial to have somebody who's played in the game for so long to really um, try to take it to the next level and, and get what these players really, really, truly deserve and get all of these organizations and federations to really buy into women and um, in the product that we can put out on the field. And so that is something that I will continue to do no matter what. And then broadcasting. I love talking soccer, as you can tell. <laughs> Analyzing, breaking the game down, um, you know, talking about players and, and, and highlighting that, um, how, how great we are, I, I think is something that I'd love to do, both on the women's and men's side. Allie, thank you so much yes. for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on here. And congratulations. What a career, Allie. What a career. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. you both. And and can't wait to see you soon. Well, it's hard to follow up on that incredible interview with Allie Krieger, but we have Allie Krieger's former teammate, three-time FIFA World Player of the Year, Carly Lloyd, who was on Kicking It this week's episode. We're going to talk through all of that when we come back. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. U.S. soccer's they've, they've kind of gone about this the wrong way. I mean, Vlaco and Onofsky was a nice guy, really nice guy. Just because you're nice doesn't mean you're going to win championships, though. You've got to make hard decisions. You know, I look at the Olympics, my last Olympics, you know, we had line changes up top because he couldn't, he couldn't choose all six veteran players of the three that he wanted out there all, at all times. So what do we do? We just, I play one game, Alex plays the next game. I play another, Alex, you can't do that. Like, you've got to be tough. You've got you've to be direct. You've got to tell people what they need to hear and they may, may not like it, but I think the whole mindset needs to be different. 
Welcome back to Attacking Third. Let's get right into it. CBS Sports had um, U.S. Women's National Team legend Carly Lloyd on Kicking It, and she dove into such a number of topics that were incredibly interesting to talk about. Let's go ahead and start with that Vlatko Andonovsky comment where she talks about him being a very nice man, but a very nice man does not mean you're going to win championships. Yeah, I think on Wednesday we talked about this in the NWSL. And I think with the, the U.S. Women's National Team, it's multiplied by 10. These coaches are brought in to manage these players. And when you have a group like the U.S. Women's National Team full of icons and, and players with these platforms, it's really hard to manage them. It, and egos. It, it, True. It, it's yeah. true. And it's, it's very difficult. And like she said, you have to make these hard decisions. You have to be able to tell players what they don't want to hear. And from what we've heard from players, what we've seen on the field, I don't think Vlaco was prepared to handle that group of players. The thing I have come to realize with Carly is you have to listen to what she's saying, not how she's saying it. Mm. Because I think the way she says things is can from some people feel a little bit abrasive, but I think what she's saying there is right. I, I don't think Flacco made the right decisions all the time. It's, it's difficult to go from a club environment where you're with, a, with players for three to five hours a day to being with a team maybe once a month mm -hmm. and being able to manage how you utilize that time. It was a hard transition from him. It didn't work out. And, and I will never say a bad thing about Vlaco because I think he is one of, he's a great coach and he is um, a really nice human, which she said, right? He's a really nice guy, but you have to make hard decisions. And I think that if you listen to what she's saying and not how she says it, you come up with things that I feel like are very true. Yeah, I, I really admire that about Carly is yeah. you may not like what she's saying, but she is going to give it to you straight. So much respect for that. I, I love that, especially from a woman. And on TV, I think mm -hmm. we're, all, we're obviously concerned. Oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. She doesn't care. She'll say it. And I, I agree with most of what she said through this interview. And yes, I agree. Vodka's one of the best coaches I've ever had. He coached me at Rain, and he is a great person. But we took, we watched this whole World Cup and dissected yeah. games, and he didn't make the strong, difficult decisions that were required. There are some players 100%. that got a lot of grace during the World Cup that lost confidence in game one and shouldn't have played the rest of, uh, you know, shouldn't have started the next yeah. couple of games, and they kept starting. And it, well, here's it my didn't question. make sense. Here's my question. We said this about... Um, in the A block when we talked about Spain. How much was it Jorge Villa had the actual power to make certain decisions, to do certain treatment, whatever? When it comes to this, how much is the U.S. Soccer Federation compared to Vladko and Donovsky, right? Like that yeah, I think it's apples to oranges. I don't think it's the same thing. I, I get what you're saying, but I do think Vladko was in charge of making decisions in this World Cup, and he did not make the correct decisions. And maybe he didn't, and maybe we'll figure that out, but we don't know that right now. I also, I can understand, too, it's hard to measure, you have to measure the player's confidence in a tournament in that setting as well. How do you take somebody off if they're having a bad game or missed a, missed a penalty? And manage, and, what, an and, ego of the best player, the most known player in the entire world. Okay, and, so... yeah. Let's yeah. go ahead and listen to some other comments that Carly Lloyd made where she talks about U.S. soccer and how they market certain players. There's no development at the youth stage. It's all about winning. You've got clubs that are in conflict, you know, with, with one another, and it's all political, and it's, it's, you know, who's all in ECNL and yeah. who's not, and what's fair, what's not. So you've got no players that you're developing up the ranks. And then you look at the youth national teams. They have been failing all of these years while the senior team has been winning, so everybody's turned a blind eye to that. And now, where, where are the players coming from? Yeah, this is a huge talking point because we can't say she's wrong. Um, you talk about the women's team winning. The youth, Jordan, has yeah. not been that successful. Yeah, U17 team haven't been top four in a Youth World Cup since 2008. Over five cycles, Spain has been two-time champion. They've been the runner-up, and they've made it to the fourth-place fourth team. Spain just won the World Cup. You mm -hmm. can see why. They're developing players. Right. The last time a team um, was a U-20 champion, Miss Kaylee Watt was That's on the lot. team. That's crazy. 2012, that was you, Mewis, Ertz, Morgan, Bryan. So the, there's a lot of good players there. Um, so I, there, there is an issue there. It's, 
It's about who's coaching those teams too. And that's a big issue. How do you overall as an organization develop a style, implement the style so everybody knows what they're working towards at the same time? Yeah, and this is a broader conversation, but the whole issue of the pay for play model, I would have never been able to go get a go play in college or play pro if I wasn't on a club scholarship because it's so expensive. So now you have competing leagues, ECNL, your club league, uh, academy, what? How many of these leagues just to get seen and it's just dollars? Who has the most dollars? Who can fly yeah. you places? So there's not really development. It's just about the money and the competition aspect of it. And so I think that's a huge part of why this just youth development squad is you know, we played 100%. We played on Region 4 together. Mm -hmm. And so just talking about the ODP aspect of it, that, that was at that point the system. Yeah. There were so many players within the state that just got forgotten because they couldn't pay for ODP. So the regional coaches never saw them. The mm -hmm. national team coaches never saw them, especially coming from smaller towns and different communities that were not being seen. Um, so definitely something that our country needs to kind of correct. And I think now these clubs are trying to make money. Like Carly said, ECNL wants in. These clubs want in. And, and you said before the show, Darian, the men's side have these clubs within their, their club programs that mm -hmm. we don't have. And so like you guys said, these youth players are away from the national team majority of the time. They're, they're only in camp so much during the year. Mm -hmm. So there's only much only so much you can control in that. So it has to start from the club level. Yeah, That's a broken system, it has to be fixed. Yeah, it's very fractured. There needs to be development, just like the men's side, where you're going into a squad and you're, they're, I think they're called discovery players or something, where they're actually exactly. developed within mm -hmm. the, the academy it's and the academy. into the full team. But we don't have anything like that. What I love most about this episode of Kicking It, I know we're gonna get another um, episode next Wednesday, is that Kate asks her, um, do you feel bad, you know, that maybe some of these players on this team will feel like you're attacking them or, or, you know, talking negatively about them? And she said, no. She cares so much about the program and about the system that what she's saying is from her heart and that's what she means. And to just say how you feel counts for something. Yeah. I like that she's not afraid to hurt your feelings. She can see, I think, the broader scope of... Which is not 2023, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not this Which generation. I, I, can, yeah. I can appreciate. Like, yeah. get to the point. It's not always going to be easy, but that is going to help you grow mm -hmm. and become better. Like, I think we all sit or have sat here and had somebody tell us that we have to be better in a certain way. It didn't feel good, mm -hmm. but man, did it help. Yeah. And, and going, maybe this will help you as soccer, the, Carly being so honest about how she feels. Yeah. And going back to her comments at the World Cup, a lot of people were really upset about those and a lot of people disagreed. But I think it is driving women's soccer further that we're having these discussions. Being uh, critical is part of moving the sport forward. Exactly. It, it's something that we need to understand. It's a sport. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, you know what? She walked the walk like she said she did. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go ahead and touch a little bit more about Carly Lloyd when we come back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I did everything different, everything from the agent, from my fitness, wanting to do more fitness and actually getting in trouble because I wanted to do more fitness. I mean, I just did everything different and I, I think that it wasn't, wasn't their mold. So much interesting information came out of that interview with Carly Lloyd. So we have a part two that airs on Kicking It next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Tune in for that. Thanks so much for joining us today on Attacking Third. We have a special NWSL Decision Day edition of Attacking Third on Sunday starting at 4 p.m. And at 7 p.m. we're going to go through all the results of the day. Don't miss that. We'll also be back on Monday for normal Attacking Third to recap all of the NWSL action and from Europe. From all of us here, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday at 4 p.m. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.